Welcome, Bird Gang. From all of us here, want to wish everyone a very safe and Merry Christmas. Though technically not Friday, we're treating it as such. So on today's Football Friday show, we're breaking out the brooms. The Cardinals looking for the season series sweep of the 49ers. Mike Jarecki has his three keys for a victory and the always popular X Factor for what it's going to take for the Cardinals to pick up their ninth win on Saturday. But first, Larry Fitzgerald does his best Allen Iverson impersonation. Yes, you heard that right. It's Cardinals Cover 2, episode 378, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side to Fitz, caught, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown. Here's Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. So you can always count on Larry Fitzgerald to either defuse a situation or make light of a situation. And of course, the news yesterday, and we talked about it here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, DeAndre Hopkins' practice rant. So that was Wednesday. MJ, you were out at practice for the media availability earlier today. What happened during that open portion of practice? Okay, so the entire team is stretching to Mariah Carey's Christmas music. Uh, Very festive. Uh, Mood was light out there. And as they continue to stretch to different music towards the end, um, and there was just a handful of media, maybe five or six of us out there, including a couple of colleagues, Darren Urban and Kyle Odegaard. Catherine Fitzgerald was out there and Howard Balzer. So that was pretty much it. And we got a shout out from the head coach. He shouted out, that's commitment. Merry Christmas to you guys that covered the opening portion. So that never thought, never, I've been covering the Cardinals for years, usually Arians, and then we'll wish you a Merry Christmas and all that. Cliff said, that's dedication and commitment. And so we were having, so right towards the end, as you could tell that they're going to start to break down in their group, Larry points over at us and said, Hop is practicing today. <laughs> and then he started to recite what Hop said yesterday. You know, in other words, if you want to see me play, watch the game on Saturday. And he went on to say, as he told us in his Zoom about, you know, details but he, he leads the league in race receiving guards and you know he's second in, in reception so typical Larry he likes to stoke the fire uh he likes to be I wouldn't say the instigator he plays peace oh no he oh he's an instigator he is definitely an <laughs> instigator there's no question about that he is quick to point out something on someone else and then very shy when it's directed at him <laughs> okay, that's true. But it, but he's so nonchalant about it, though, you know, he just, but hey, whatever, whatever happens, they're going to miss that guy. Yeah. And then, of course, the question was asked, it was the last question asked of Fitz, and he spoke to the media earlier today about, you know, typically, we're all in the locker room together. And if we're talking to a player and something happens, Fitz is always within earshot. I remember a couple of years back when Patrick Peterson had that trade demand and the next day we're all walking in and there's this big yell, Hey, Pat, you still want to be traded? And of course it's number 11 yelling in the direction of Patrick Peterson. So today 
The question is asked by Catherine Fitzgerald of azcentral.com about Hopkins's rants. And then Fitz breaks into his own Allen Iverson impersonation. Word for word, we talking about practice. I'm leading the league in catches and yards, and we talking about practice. Hysterical. <laughs> so, if, and if for those Bird Gang fans out there that are not familiar with Allen Iverson, I know it's been a while. Go to YouTube, Google it. It's May of 2002, and it's fascinating that here we are almost 20 years later, and it's still part of the culture of professional sports. But it was hysterical, and uh, yeah. Fitz is always able to uh, break the ice when uh, things might be a little uneasy around the football team. Yeah, a little tension involved. Now, I'm sure that's all you really got to do is go to easycardinals.com, their social media. um, They're going to have it. Um, You know, we talked to Fitz the day before uh, Thanksgiving, and at the end, you you could see he was excited about the meal and what he was going to eat afterwards, and then he gets COVID. So, uh, you'll see it on social media and, you know, I'm sure that you'll have somebody out there that will queue it up with Allen Iverson, but it was classic fits. Can always count on number 11. And once again, fingers crossed that Saturday is not his final home game. He was asked about it. And when the question was asked, he was nodding his head. Nope. Yep. I'm going to wait until the end of the season and make my decision as far as whether to come back. But in his words, he has not thought once about Saturday being the final time he walks onto and walks off the field at State Farm Stadium. To a certain extent, I tend to agree, but I will be paying attention to see how he does handle those final seconds and the end of the ball game, as we have the last several years watching that final home game. Is there any hint on what this might mean? Does he do this? Does he do that? Um, so far, he hasn't given any hints, and I wouldn't expect any on Saturday either. Now, you know, it's, you're always cautious about asking players about the postseason. We know that they've taken it, you know, 1-0 and each week, and we'll get into some of the things they did where this team is obviously a little bit different than the losing streak. But I did ask, you know, what it would be like. And, and it really wasn't just about Larry. It was about, you know, some of these young guys and some veteran players haven't been in the postseason. And quite frankly, I think, you know, Based on going through the process, it's a rigorous season and obviously in a different year that they all have aspirations. But I, I just know how important it was for him. And he would like to see guys like Christian Kirk and guys, you know, that been around that haven't had a chance to taste it. So but he he was able to talk about it. You know, that's kind of why these guys play. I mean, getting a dance and you know how they they feel is that the way that things are going now and it's a small sample, but we've seen what they can do when they hitch their peak is they feel like just get in the playoffs and, you know, figure it out, you know, so it's not going to be easy, but I'm glad that he's able to look at that and say, yes, we need to get in the playoffs and it'd be great to experience it. By the way, Fitz will play on Saturday. He was practicing today. He had not practiced the previous two days because of a groin injury that he suffered last week against the Eagles. So that is good news. Some good news that Mason Cole will be available for the Cardinals on Saturday as the starting center. Congratulations to Cole and his wife. They are proud new parents, and that is why Mason Cole 
has not been at practice. The bad news, though, according to head coach Cliff Kingsbury, concerns Dennis Gardeck. And we did kind of get wind of this yesterday in speaking with defensive coordinator Vance Joseph. That knee injury is going to sideline Gardeck not only for this week, but next week as well as Kingsbury announcing Dennis Gardeck is going to be placed on injured reserve, which will end his regular season. Yeah, disappointing. Um, you know, you, you, you look at that guy, he's been an, you know, under, or an overachiever, but, you know, underrated as a player, uh, had to work his way up. And this won't discourage him, but because he's going to hit that, uh, that rehab like, like he's, you know, not going to get an opportunity again. It's, and he was coming on, and, we, you know, we, we always, oh, special teams player, you got to have those guys on your team. They provide depth. But he was involved in some of their packages. You know, when you look at that jet package, they have six uh, linebackers on there. And, you know, in fairness, you know, Reddick and, and Golden were playing well, but they found a way to get him on the field. And he, he's, he's people, they root for underdogs because they don't, you know, he doesn't have the physical attributes or the skill or speed, um, but he has a, a big heart and he plays like he, everyone should play, like the last time you're going to be on the field. So it, it's disappointing, but – I'm glad he got a chance to flash and show what he, he can do in the future. He'll finish the season with seven sacks in just 93 defensive snaps. He will finish with second most sacks on the team behind Hassan Reddick, who has 11 going into this home finale coming up on Saturday. And by the way, if you do want to watch the game on Saturday at State Farm Stadium, Cardinals and 49ers, 2.30 is the kickoff. Locally, it will be broadcast on Fox 10. So if you're in market in Maricopa County, in the state of Arizona, you are good to go. It's like a normal Sunday would be just a day earlier. But for those out of market, our bird gang that is out of states, out of country, the, the exclusive stream is on Amazon Prime Video and Twitch. If you're an Amazon Prime member, you get the game at no additional cost. If you're not a Prime member, though, you can sign up or start a 30-day free trial by visiting Amazon.com slash Prime. That's Amazon.com slash Prime. Again, it's not going to cost you anything. You can sign up and then cancel after Saturday, if you will. But as we've discussed here all week long, this is where the NFL is headed as far as different ways to stream games and take advantage of where this industry is going with respects to television and the digital age. Yeah. Uh, I think we see it with, uh, you know, Madden and, uh, you know, Call of Duty. I mean, you can go on and play against somebody in another country. 240 countries are going to be able to tap into this group. 240. That's impressive. So better be on your best behavior, MJ. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and like you said, um, you know, us locally, we'll be able to see it, but I know the people out there, and you said you're right. I went, went on there earlier, and you could sign up uh, for 30 days, and as you pointed out, if you choose to, um, you can cancel. But we hope everyone get a chance to, to hear and watch the game. All right, so let's get into this game. Week 16, the 49ers 5-9, and nine, the Cardinals 8-6. and six. We know what is on the line. The Cardinals must win to maintain that seven seed. There is a possibility they could jump to as high as a six seed, but the Bears are right behind them, as are the Vikings. But the Cardinals can control their own destiny, don't have to worry about the rearview mirror as long as they take care of what's in front of them. And this week is a banged-up 49ers team. So as we come to you here on this hashtag football 
Thursday, not a Friday because of the Christmas Day holiday, but a hashtag football Thursday. Mike Jarecki's three keys for a victory. What do you got for number one? Number one is you need to rattle C.J. Beathard. No disrespect, but, you know, uh, we'll see who the running backs are. Uh, They've had some injuries. I guess we'll know more in the next 24 hours when it comes to George Kittle. But I think, you know, a guy that, you know, obviously he's been familiar with the system. So it's not like he's been under Shanahan's system since he was a third-round pick. Um, the grandson of Bobby Beathard, who was an architect of the Washington Redskins at the time and the San Diego Chargers. So he comes from a football lineage, um, but he does know the system. What he's going to be able to do is still run the same offense, but I would assume that Vance is going to try to make him uncomfortable, rattle him a little bit. And and it all starts on first and second down, put him behind the sticks. Um, And I think the Cardinals, um, they have the players to, uh, to po- possibly play their their defense. Now, we're so fixated on man-to-man press. That's Vance's background. But if you go back to what happened in the in the last game on those final drives when it came to the Eagles, the Cardinals are playing the zone. And that may be a better uh, situation here. Um, you know, you, you look at Brandon Ayuk. I mean, he's having a really good rookie season. Uh, he, 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 you know, he's got touchdowns. He's averaging like 14 or 15 yards a catch. Um, so he's a weapon. Uh, you know, we'll see that. But, you know, Debo Samuel and some other guys is just haven't been able to stay healthy um, for the most part. But I just think you got to can't let him get comfortable. Like if he goes on a nice 10 play drive, all of a sudden they start building confidence. So just rattle him. And I think that will go a long way to playing complimentary football. And a note on Beathard, and this might be the biggest nod to 2020, as we've seen with respects to the Arizona Cardinals. C.J. Beathard's last starts in the National Football League, 2018, as a 49ers quarterback against the Arizona Cardinals. It was October 28th, 2018. He lost that game 18-15 to because then-Cardinals quarterback Josh Rosen through a game-winning touchdown pass to Christian Kirk. Cardinals win 18-15. Saturday afternoon, Josh Rosen will be backing up C.J. Beathard. This world is a crazy place, MJ, and I don't know if you could have written that anyway here in 2020. Wow. Uh, you talk about a full circle. Now, it, it, Cardinals only won three games that year, but Rosen was 2-0. The Cardinals were 2-0, and he, they pulled off the upset in the first week in January against the Packers. So that was two of the three wins. And interesting that, you know, when you look at C.J. Beathard and, you know, the fact is that, you know, Josh Rosen's his backup. Now, if you're not familiar, what happened was Josh Johnson, uh, kind of a journeyman, he's in COVID. They took Garoppolo off uh, IR to return, but we know that they only got two games left. Why would you risk an injury? So the only way they could have got someone and they changed the rule after what happened to the Broncos is you can go ahead and plug a guy from a practice squad. Now, according to reports, Rosen did have other opportunities and he turned it down here. Maybe he looks at the Kyle Shanahan angle and, you know, you're not going to um, you're not going to play with Tom Brady there. So it makes sense. Um, wonder what kind of draft grade they had on, on Rosen, because you're talking just a couple of years ago. Um, he kind of fits that that offense of what they're looking for. We know that Josh is smart. So we'll see. 
A lot of people think maybe they'll let him play in week 17. I just I don't know if you can do that, learning a brand-new offense. And if you're Kyle Shanahan, I think you owe it to your players to play Beathard. But, hey, um, you know, they can bring him back. I mean, you know, he's making uh, 755, but slash that and a half over a 17-game schedule. So he'll make two weeks of salary. But curious to see what they think about him in the future. I don't know if we can sit here and today and say who's the quarterback in 2021. That's a good point. That might be the biggest question facing the 49ers this offseason. What to do at that position? Jimmy Garoppolo, do you move on from him? Nick Mullins, who might need Tommy John's surgery to fix a right elbow injury. He's a free agent. C.J. Beathard is due to become a free agent as well. And this 49ers team, Beathard is the third different starting quarterback this season. He is just one and nine as a starter, but he is very familiar with the Cardinals. Four games played, three starts, three touchdowns, three interceptions, and he's been sacked 13 times over those four games. So as you talked about rattling C.J. Beathard, he does have, and I'm glad you brought up Brandon Ayuk, because not only is this sort of a homecoming for him, having played at Arizona State, but he has missed three games this season, yet is approaching the rookie record of the 49ers as far as receiving yards is concerned. And that record is held by Jerry Rice. So this wow. is no short of a, an accomplishment for Ayuk, who's got 733 receiving yards. Rice is at 927. And all the reports out of the Bay Area is that Ayuk certainly has impressed, and he did it on day one. So a credit to not only Herm Edwards at ASU, but John Lynch, the general manager of the 49ers. That connection as far as Lynch playing for Edwards in the NFL. And now all of a sudden you've got Brandon Ayuk, who might be their next wide receiver of the future if he's able to stay healthy. Yeah, and he also went through a COVID situation. And again, when we talked about, you know, Henry Ruggs and his speed and Sidney Lamb and then, uh, you know, Jerry Judy and, we see what Justin Jefferson's doing with the, the Minnesota Vikings. Again, true sermon or not, they had him ranked as the number one wide receiver on their board. So depending on what you like, and in that offense, you like when Debo Samuel's healthy, he kind of reminds me of Bolden where you can throw it in the flat, you can have him line up in the backfield, you can have him line in the slot. You can have him as on the outside. And I think Brandon Ayuk has some of those traits. But they they considered him the number one wide receiver on their board versus some other teams. Because I think the Cardinals, based on Jerry Sullivan, a longtime wide receiver coach, 70 years old, he was at LSU and he had Justin Jefferson. However, the Cardinals were not going to take a receiver with the eighth overall pick. Yeah, the 49ers surprised a lot of people with that selection, the wide receiver Brandon Ayuk going that high because he hadn't been talked about as much as those other wide receivers that you were bringing up. And uh, by the way, Debo Samuel, or I should say Ayuk missed that first game against the Cardinals because of a hamstring injury. Debo Samuel missed this week's game because of a hamstring injury. And again, we're talking about a 49ers team that just can't keep bodies healthy on the football field. Yeah. And, and, and also um, Ayuk provides something from the return game. Very true. So in other words, once his he, like kind of like, you know, if he gets more of a load, but right now he's, he's so young and athletic, they love his speed. So he does a little bit of everything. You know, you could say he's a Swiss army knife. What he does on offense, it's not just one thing running the same post route. 
he, he's a guy that can do a lot of things, and that's dangerous when they find a quarterback and they get that running game going. I, I think he's got a bright future. Cardinals, 14 sacks in the past two games, and they should be able to get to Bethard on Saturday. All right, your second key for a victory on Saturday is what? Well, if you go back to the first game, um, that's when DeAndre Hopkins was targeted 16 times and he had 14 receptions. Interesting that, you know, that that's when they were throwing that, that bubble screen, a lot of short passes. So he had 10 of those catches for 94 yards on short passes. Now, over the last couple of weeks, I think they've simplified things. They've tweaked things. And now we're seeing this Cardinal take some shots down the field. We mentioned last week that they had eight over 20 yards and they had eight to nine different um, receivers slash tight ends, running backs, catch the football. So I think when you, when you look at, you know, how they approach the first time, I think the offense is more explosive, more experienced. So keep moving, hop around, but I I, I do want to see, you know, a ratio run pass uh, ratio to where you don't have to throw it 40 times. This team needs, so I'm thinking balance offense here. This is a team that, you know, Robert Sale, they, I think they're one of the lowest teams that puts pressure on the quarterback because they're having a hard time covering in the back end. Richard Sherman's struggling. He's getting up there in age. He's missed some time. Um, their best player, and he may be one of the better inside linebackers in football, is Fred Warner. So you got to make sure where he is. But I think you just can't go in this game and thinking, all right, you know, we're going to throw it 40 times. And that, that's not the case. If Cliff said he's, if they have to throw it 40 and run 40, they will. We know when this team can utilize play action. So I, I like to see a balanced offense to where you run the ball and then set up the passing. And I like the fact that they take shots, shots down the field. So I don't think they're, they could put a spy on Murray, but it's still going to be effective. Now, when you go back to Murray the last couple of games, you know, when he had the, uh, the shoulder injury, he, he was only averaging five yards uh, per game when it came to um, five carries per game, excuse me. And he was getting rid of the ball, you know, a little bit longer than normal. Over the last two games, he's averaging 10-5 rushes. So the number's different from when he had the shoulder injury. I watch him in the open portion of practice. You see him on the, uh, on the, uh, before the game and on the sidelines, he could see the arm strength's back there. He's not worried about running. So I want to see a balanced offense against that Niners because they don't blitz a lot. So you're going to have to be patient at times. It's funny because as much as Hopkins was targeted in that first game, the 49ers, they have not gotten any better defensively. They're better against the run than they are against the pass. So if they had issues covering Hopkins in week one, I wonder what it's going to be like here in week 16. But to your point about being balanced and not wanting to throw it, you jump out to an early lead like they did last week against the Eagles, and then you can set the tone and run and have Kenyon Drake, Chase Edmonds, or even a Kyler Murray run and run between the tackles because, yes, you do need to have somewhat of balance. And you, we heard Vance Joseph bring this up yesterday. I found it interesting because it's always, you know, stop the run and make – teams one-dimensional but he talked about this has become a passing league to where you can run the football but running the football does not equate to points passing the football equates to points but you don't see a lot of teams outside of maybe a Tom Brady with New England a couple of times maybe an Aaron Rodgers to where you're always dropping back 40 45 times on a consistent basis but that is more of a week-to-week depending on who the opponent is 
I think this team is much better, to your point, when you have that split. doesn't have to be 50-50, but 60-40, 45-55, as far as being able to get everyone involved in the offense. I totally agree. And, and again, it's really what the defense gives you. Uh, you know, they're, if they want to put eight guys in the box, they're going to throw it. If they're going to put six or seven and try to put a spy on Murray, and, and you can say it's easy to say, but it doesn't always work. Um, I think Carolina did probably the best job just because they had a young player who's more of a safety playing in a hybrid and Jeremy Chin. So, yeah, I, I just think the play action's huge here. And I love the pistol. Uh, I think the pistol's working for these guys. And, you know, we'll see if Chase Edmonds and, and Drake share time or, you know, because we know Evans is going to be involved in a passing game. We know Darren Arnold is going to be involved in a passing game. Um, and don't, it does, you know, it doesn't look like Max Williams. We'll just have to wait and see. Um, but Darrell Daniels has definitely improved in, in the uh, blocking game. So they could go 12 personnel if they need to. But just balance offense here. As you pointed out, get a lead. And then that will play to your strength in the fourth quarter. All right, so the first two keys, rattle C.J. Beathard and move DeAndre Hopkins around and show a little bit more balance of an offense as far as the run and the pass. Number three is what? Red zone, Cardinals, offense and defense. Last week, they were able to get down the field. Of course, you had the big lead, but they only scored seven points in the second half. So when you get down to the red zone, um, you, you got to be more efficient. And when you get down there and sometimes a little misleading when you see there were two for seven and, you know, a couple games ago, you know, Mike Nugent kicked four field goals and one was close to the 20 versus when you get down there, you got to punch it in. Uh, I'm not saying the Niners are going to get into a shootout. I think what we're seeing over the last couple of weeks, maybe it started in New England. Um, teams want to keep Kyler Murray on the sidelines. It, I think it's very obvious and we know how long difficult going on these long drives. So when you get in that red zone, you, you have to score touchdowns and that will go a long way. And then the defense, just getting them off the field. Don't let them extend drives. And if George Kittle's place, you know, eliminate those big plays, but make them work for it. Make him, make him make tight throws. And that's why I, was, I would say they rattle the quarterback, take him off his mark. But I think third down is going to be important on the offense and defense. As far as the red zone numbers are concerned, the Cardinals entered this contest ninth in red zone offense, scoring touchdowns on 68% of their trips inside the 20-yard line. Defensively, they are seventh best in defending the red zone, allowing teams to score only 55% of the time. And those numbers have been pretty consistent all season long. It's just recently, with respect to the offense, that two for seven certainly stuck out like a sore thumb against the Giants because that game was a lot closer than it needed to be. So if you get six plus the PAT as opposed to three, yeah, you certainly like your chances and, of course, get that separation to where you're not white-knuckling it in the fourth quarter late in ball games, especially against this 49ers team. Yeah, and, and you know, based on what Zach Allen said, they simplified things. Um, and I think they did the same thing on offense. And they're playing free, and they're playing fast, and they're playing with confidence. And they're, and they're approaching one game at a time, one day at a time. I mean, uh, the energy is good at practice, not in, 
not that it wasn't in week five. I'm just saying, you know, you get the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and you could tell when a team's, you know, doesn't have their star players practicing on Wednesday. And then all of a sudden it, you get more smiles on the field because they know they're going to play. It's just, it's just human nature to say, Oh, he's out here. He's practicing. He's healthy. Oh, I thought he was going to miss his game. And so I think that's good, but I, I like the approach and I'm, and I'm glad that they can admit that they simplified things to where you can't, change everything but you can tweak stuff and you play to your strengths and I think we're seeing that from the offense and the defense when it comes to the front seven on that point about Zach Allen know your job do your job has become a slogan in that defensive room and those are the words of Zach Allen who addressed the media earlier today it's somewhat similar to know your role do your job but you have to have something or going back to what Vance Joseph told his defense at the start of training camp be a starter in your role. And a lot of those players took that to heart. It doesn't matter how many snaps I get. What am I doing with those snaps? Case in point, Dennis Gardeck. Yeah, no doubt. Seven, this is something we're going to be talking about all offseason. Seven sacks and only 93 snaps. That's like, if, if that was a stock, you'd, you'd have your return on investment like within a couple days. Yeah, that, it's disappointing because I, I know how much he just just having him out there. But, hey, they lost Chandler Jones. It happens. You just got to hope other guys step up. But, yeah. By the way, before we get to your X Factor, speaking of Zach Allen, he was a guest on the Big Red Rage last night. If you, in case you missed it, you can go to azcardinals.com. Or here's even a better way. Subscribe to Arizona Cardinals podcasts, and that way you get your favorite shows like – the Big Red Rage, Cardinals Underground, the Cardinals Red Sea Report, and, of course, this show, Cardinals Cover 2, azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information because if you subscribe, you get your podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Zach Allen joining Paul Calvisi and Ron Wolfley last night on the Big Red Rage. And, by the way, Wolf doing very, very well. The news that Dave Pash and Ron Wolfley will not do this game on Saturday because of close contact of COVID-19, but Wolf was on last night's show and sounded very good and very good spirits, but uh, disappointed he's going to miss this game on Saturday. But uh, certainly, hopefully the Cardinals will win and then uh, have that playoff opportunity to extend the season into mid-January. All right, so we've got your three keys for a victory, Mike Jarecki. Rattle C.J. Beathard, balanced offense, red zone offense, and defense. Now we need the X factor. Third down. When I say third down, it's going to have to be offense and defense. That's the X factor. I mean, like I said before, it's kind of a little bit of both when I say red zone and third down because they kind of equal each other. But I just think, like I said earlier, I don't think they want to get a new shootout. I just think they want to play a tight of vest. And, you know, I, at the end of the day, if the Niners get the way they want or have the game they want, they're going to run the ball more than they're going to throw it. So get them off the field. Like I said, first and second down are big. Um, put them in long. And then I, I, I do think just based on – now he knows the offense, so I don't want to say he doesn't know the offense. He knows the offense. But I just don't think they had the skill position players and the protection up front to where they can exploit something where they feel like, let's go at this per person, you know. I think Murphy's shown that he's worthy, Patrick, Patrick so – and we know Buda Baker – and it sounds like Buda Baker, you know, is according listening to Vance and tell me if I'm wrong, is 
you know, sometimes he's, he's maybe trying to make the big play and let the play come to him. Is that the impression you got? Yeah, the, and almost feeling like he has to do more because of everyone around him, and he's putting it a lot on his shoulders, like we saw from Jordan Hicks last yep. season and the season before that. You're not totally confident in who else is on the field, so you feel like you need to raise your game. But I think that might have been earlier in the season and advanced this point now. You've got guys playing up to a Buda Baker level to where everyone can handle their specific assignment and you don't need to have a Baker or Hicks or someone figuring out, all right, this is my assignment and I might have to help over here. That is no longer happening. Well, I think initially you had an ID where Chandler was, you had an ID um, where Patrick was, and now it's a little bit different. You always have to ID the Mike linebacker. I think when it's Simmons or Campbell are in a game, but now it's automatically 32. And where's he at? Because we know that, according to Kyle Oregar's story on Simmons, where they moved him around, that was very similar to the old Buda Baker. So he could be anywhere. And so, yeah, clearly teams have to ID where he is because he, he could be a – He let's be honest, he's a, he's a difference maker when he makes plays. Well, let's hope this defense can get a couple of takeaways as well because that is the one thing that's been consistent, especially recently – about the 49ers on offense. Eight straight games now, they have had two or more turnovers. Last week, they had four, three by Nick Mullins, two interceptions and one lost fumble, and the Cowboys converted those turnovers into 24 points. So if you can force the 49ers into making mistakes, you know they're going to play hard. They don't have anything to play for. They've been eliminated from postseason contention, but there is pride and certainly whatever you put on film for either every other team, but I think you might be able to get a couple of quote unquote free possessions, if you will, and maybe even some short fields to help what you discussed earlier. Yeah. And the other side, the Niners pressure opposing quarterbacks, 19.8%. one of the lowest in the league. And I think because they're having a hard time covering um, now, it's all, it's all it does or what they can do is they can bring an extra guy, and then try to figure out their coverage. But uh, I was a little surprised by that because Robert Sale, with the right players, you know, pass rushers, Nick Bosa, D Ford, you know, younger, healthier Richard Sherman, they were bringing pressure and they were getting pressure with just their front four without blitzing, let alone bring a five, fifth or sixth guy. So I think Sal is, is definitely having to try to use his entire uh, playbook because he just doesn't have the horses right now that he had uh, last year when they went, 13 and three made a run to the Super Bowl. I mean, they were a team that can stop you and then give the ball back to their offense. Again, Cardinals and 49ers coming up on Saturday, the day after Christmas, 2:30 at State Farm Stadium. All the action on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. Pre-game coverage begins at 9:30. And of course, television locally, Fox 10 in states. If you're out of state, out of the country. You can watch it via the exclusive stream, Amazon Prime Video and Twitch. If you're an Amazon Prime member, you get the game at no additional cost. You're set. If you're not a Prime member, it's very simple. Sign up or start a 30-day free trial by visiting Amazon.com slash Prime as the Cardinals look for their ninth win of the season, clinch their first winning season since 2015, and more importantly, stay with that seven seed. Although if the Buccaneers happen to slip up, 
They are at Detroit on Saturday. They'll close out the regular season at home against the Falcons. There is a way, if the Cardinals take care of their own business, to move up to a sixth seed, potentially. And that certainly, once again, as long as you're in, that's what I'm most worried about. Yet at the same time, if you can improve your seating, why not? Exactly. Um, you know, not at this point, you just trying to get in and the, the league will tell you where you, where you got to go based on seedings. But, you know, it's interesting, Craig, the Browns and Buccaneers own the longest playoff droughts in the NFL. And last I checked, both of those teams have clinched a playoff. Berth. Although the Buccaneers, Buccaneers have to win. If they win Saturday, they'll clinch a playoff spot. Right. But basically their playoff droughts appear to be over, but be, to be accurate. Washington and Arizona haven't been there since 2015. So it's been a little while. The Jets, 2010, the Broncos, 2015, and the Bengals, 2015. But again, the last time the Browns were there, 2012, Buccaneers, 2007. So clearly there's a reason why they brought in Arians and went after Tom Brady to end that playoff drop. And the Super Bowl is in Tampa this year. Lions and Buccaneers will kick off ahead of the Cardinals and 49ers. The other game to pay attention to, Bears and Jaguars, and we are all rooting for Jacksonville. The game is in Jacksonville, but right now the Bears the closest thing in the rearview mirror for the Cardinals. And, of course, as we have discussed here on Cardinals Cover 2, the Bears have the tiebreaker edge on the Cardinals because of their strength of record among common opponents. Yeah, and reports are that – um. They may not start Garden Minshew. Okay. Whatever it takes to get a W. Doug Marone said that they're not thinking about any of that stuff, but I'm sure there are people in their front office are looking at what happened to the Jets last week. But, hey, as players say, they get paid to play football. Players on the field are not tanking. I don't care what you say. They may, you know, in the fourth quarter start looking at the scoreboard and got one more week, but – at the end of the season, everything's on film. The eye in the sky doesn't lie. And if you're a free agent or a new coach comes in, which is possible there, they're going to look at the last four games, let alone 16. What were you thinking on this play? It looked like you were loafing. Do you want to be here? So there's always checks and balances, whether somebody else, but there's always people watching that will dictate your future. Before we head out here on this Christmas Eve edition of Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, just seeing this, we began today's show, MJ, talking about Larry Fitzgerald's impersonation of Allen Iverson. It is up now on social media. Just go to the Arizona Cardinals official Twitter account, at AZ Cardinals, to see Fitz do his best Allen Iverson impersonation. Also, the Arizona Cardinals are showing what Kyler Murray his gifts to the offensive linemen this year, and this is pretty special. Last year, we know, was the scooters a lot of fun, but this, I think, might be more meaningful. Some pictures up on azcardinals.com and, of course, on the social media platform. Kyler Murray surprised his offensive linemen with original paintings of themselves, and there is a great photo in the facility. Our team photographer, Derek Spencer, with Kyler Murray and all of the offensive linemen, everyone wearing masks, so props to them, but holding their paintings of themselves in action. So a very thoughtful gift, I think, from the Cardinals quarterback, Kyler Murray. Yeah, and, you know, every year 
regardless of the record, got to take care of the guys that protect him. And I will say this, you know, early in the season, Kyler Murray was, you know, he'd be with the Chase and, and Christian Kirk now where he lines up and stretches right next to the linemen, the guys that are protecting him. He learned, he's a smart guy. He learns quick. Yeah. It's out of basically, you know, a he's supposed to do it. Well, listen, you protect him and we know the sacks are down. And I could tell you this, they have a really good relationship with the offensive line, the entire unit. I mean, they're, they're always joking and smiling, but when the game's on the line, they feel like it's a business trip for them. So good for him. Yeah, a lot of respect amongst the quarterback and his offensive linemen. So uh, props again to Kyler Murray. On that note, Mike Jarecki, a Merry Christmas to you and your family and to the entire Bird Gang as well. We will not visit on a football Friday, but we will visit on Cardinal Talk on Saturday and then touch base, hopefully talking about a Cardinals win next week when we all reconvene for that final regular season and a showdown against the Los Angeles Rams in L.A. And hopefully, well, maybe there might be nothing on the line for that game or there might be everything on the line in that game. Yeah, just go 1-0 and on Saturday and – Hopefully we're having a great conversation and it's talking about the uh, the possible seedings and what this team can possibly do in week 17. Uh, I want to say Merry Christmas to you, and Craig, and your family. Uh, always great doing the show with you. I really appreciate it. And I want to thank everyone that's uh, given us the opportunity to listen and watch and follow us. Um, we like your interaction and without uh, with the fans we wouldn't have really anybody to talk to besides ourselves. So we really appreciate it. And, you know, we look forward to 2021 because big things will be happening for the Redbirds. Well said. And on that note, let's put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. Merry Christmas, Bird Gang. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.